Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colo. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited today for you to hear from two very, very fun guests, Pam and Jesslyn. Welcome, y'all. Thank you, Barbara. Great to be here. Yes, so excited. Oh, this is such a treat. It's been so fun knowing both of you over the years, just in our work with crew and just in various ways. It's just been really exciting to see what y'all are both up to recently that we'll get into about the podcast that you've started. And I would just love for you both to introduce yourselves, who you are, where you live, and what you do. Pam, why don't you go first? Pam McCune. I'm married to Jerry, 36 years. We have two adulting children, Madison and Connor, and I have two grandchildren living in the piney woods of East Texas, Nacogdoches, and I work with Crew City on the Neighbor Bible Studies to-go team with a focus on digital strategies. Mm, That's awesome. Cheslin, what about you? Well, I have two non-adult children. They're 8 and 11, still very much need my help, but two cute boys, Matthew and Benjamin. My husband, Matthew, and I, we all live in San Marcos, Texas, which is just south of you, Barbara, just about 30 minutes, maybe a little bit more. I also work with Crew City Neighbor Bible Studies to Go team just as of a couple of years ago. Uh, And I'm not necessarily working on digital strategies, but my heart and desire is to grow Bible studies in the community and help lead and equip and find leaders, but to help people fall in love with God's word um, and help them to to love God and others around them. Mm, that's awesome. I love it's it's just really fun to see both of you. And but I think even my heart, as I've mentioned on this podcast, Embrace Your Strengths, is coming alongside people and helping them understand who they are and how they're wired and using this tool of Clifton Strengths to understand a little more about their top five strengths, but also to really see how can knowing my strengths help encourage me, but help me to have a greater impact in the world for Christ. And I think as I have noticed y'all, I mean, I've known you, but even especially with your podcast and things you're doing, it's like, it's fun to know that who you are and your strengths is the backbone of what, what that looks like. And I'm sure the joy that you both have in doing this new ministry opportunity. So I would love for y'all to share like what your top five strengths are and what kind of your journey has been about that. And I know probably for a lot of people, maybe they've taken the test and they didn't really know what does that mean? And people are on a whole spectrum of their, just their knowledge about it. But I do see that sometimes we really gravitate to doing things that are in our jet stream, which I, your top five strengths. So Pam, why don't you tell us about your strengths and what you've been learning about them? Okay. First, I've just got to congratulate you and celebrate Three years of podcasting, three years of as of November 2020 to now and 2023 that you've been using your strengths 
to help everybody else dive into their strengths. Oh. You're, you must be in the relational theme. I'll have to ask you that later. Yeah. Seven it, out of my top 10 are relational. Are, are relational. That, yeah. that makes so much sense. Well, I have um, two through six in the relational theme, but my first one is achiever and then empathy, harmony, developer, individualization. So basically with achiever being number one and those others being in the relationship, I strive, I strive to achieve relationships with people as the bottom line of my mm. life. But I've seen that as I've taken the test different times in seasons of life when I've gone through much stress or when I was just sailing in my strengths that they usually, usually come out in different order, but it usually is about the same seven that are mm-hmm. in there. And as I look back, I see Achiever in my life all the way back to elementary school when I heard about an opportunity to put up a name for teacher of the year. And I went to town and I got everybody involved signing the petition, writing up (laughs) uh, why she was the best teacher. And she won best teacher of the year, Mrs. Fowler. And I can see that in high school from being president of our try high wise like soror you know little sororities at the time and just mm-hmm. making things happen to even getting tickets to the big concert when I was in college and asking everybody, you know, Jesslyn, I hate to tell you this, but we used to not have cell phones and it used to be hard to talk. <laughs> well you had to talk to each person, you know, in person and had 50 people go to a concert and I paid for them all and got all the money from people and got them out that it was just a fun thing to do. And so as I look back, I can see I love to be about the people, but I like to achieve much in the midst of it. And it might be the empathy of seeing where somebody's at and getting into their um, circumstances, their thoughts and their feelings to the point where I can finish their sentences of knowing what they're about to say and what they're about to do. And then the harmony, that's the interesting one, Barbara, as um, many people will tell you, I stir up conflict quite often, but my stirring up usually comes from wanting to achieve empathy for someone that I see their pain and how someone else is hurting them. And I am going to fix the injustice and feel like David running into the battle. It's been a little messy as I have taken on a couple of people with narcissistic traits, and it didn't come out so well. But I love that I can sense what people need and bring in laughter or dry wit or seriousness, depending on what I feel like is in the room, in the in a meeting that needs to be. As a child, I flew under the radar quite often, but I've come a long way since then of really just seeing people and wanting to develop them and see their individualization. So I think if you look through my life, you'll see that discipleship, love for God, um, love for teaching, bringing the Bible to life, to meet people's needs, for them to be able to see it, um, has really been a big part of embracing my journey and embracing my strengths. Mm, That's awesome. I love just how you tied all that together. It's awesome. What about you, Jesslyn? Oh, mercy. It's fun hearing Pam share because I'm going, oh my goodness. I'm so glad that Barbara, you asked us to do this. I've known <laughs> Pam, you know, more closely over the past two years and just started this podcast with her, but it's actually been helpful in just understanding the way she works and I work and it just helps me appreciate her all the more. And so I'm so thankful that you asked us to do this. For me, I am activator, 
positivity, woo, communication, and significance. It's it's funny as I read Activator, I'm like, oh my goodness, it is so true. I remember as a child, my mother saying that I was pretty independent. I didn't ask for help for things. I would climb on top of the counter and grab my own bowl for cereal. I remember <laughs> when I was little, I, I, I'm not sure how old I was, but I thought my parents are having their anniversary. I want to make them brownies. So at midnight, I got up and made brownies while they were sleeping to Aww. celebrate their anniversary. Gosh. You know, just little things like that. I love that. Well, thank That's you. That's great. As I stumbled across these strengths, I didn't even know quite what they were in college, but I began emceeing our crew weekly worship meeting, basically just hosting it, introducing the speaker, getting the crowd ready, maybe saying something funny, but overall trying to motivate and spur people on. And it felt very energizing. I didn't know what it was, but I loved it. And so over the years after that, I continued emceeing different conferences for crew and different retreats. And I love it because being the host of something allows me to be in the spokesperson role for my organization that's making an impact. I'm passionate about what I get to do in ministry, and it, it gives me the opportunity to help mobilize the troops. And I get to woo the crowd over by trying to bring some kind of energy and laughter to it. But then I also love to, like Pam, kind of change the heart and go, I want to encourage you to take the next step of faith, whatever that might be. Wow, that's awesome. I love I love that even like with both of you seeing, seeing as you look back, how you've done a lot of things that are in your jet stream with these strengths. That's awesome. Okay, Barbara, I have to ask you, tell me what part got you to do the podcast? Where is your activator, achiever, maximizer? Where does that come in? Well, I have um, harmony, empathy, adaptability, connectedness, and maximizer. I think it's... um, partly the maximizer of wanting to help people to be their best, but then connectedness of really wanting everybody I know to know everybody I know. So it's like, that's why when I know somebody's strengths and I'm like, Oh, I want you to meet this person. She has those same strengths or so I don't know. I just, one day I thought somebody had died a big influencer or athlete in the country. And I thought, I wonder what his strengths were. Cause everyone was, you know, you're so disappointed when someone that's really good at something dies. And I don't know, part of that is what was a little motivator for me to start the podcast. And like, I just want people to know about their strengths and who they are because everyone's different as we know, but, um, I, I it, see it. I see how it all came together and that God even spurred you on by someone passing from. I mean, I don't, it was somebody playing basketball. I don't watch basketball. I don't care about this guy. <laughs> but it was just like that was just part of the equation. And because I do really love and I'm curious, I, I think knowing, OK, I Googled what his strengths were. I couldn't find it. But um, it's like you want to know, like, how why are they so good? And I think even that from Eric Little and Chariots of Fire, you know, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. God made me fast. And I think we all want to know what is it that God made me to do? And I feel his pleasure when I'm doing that. And like for both of you seeing, you know, when you emcee Jesslyn and Pam, when you're with people and moving them to the next spot, and it's like, it's just easy for you. And that's what you're compelled to do because of who you are. 
So I don't know. I, I think it's discouraging when I hear people like when I'll say, Oh, I'm really curious what your strengths are. Like this lady that is, um, my physical therapist for my broken wrist. And I'm like, I can tell you probably have developer or I I'm curious what your strengths are. She goes, Oh, I don't think I have any. Hmm. I mean, a lot of people say that. Wow. And I think, of course you do. You're amazing. Everyone sits at this table and gets their wrist better because you cheer them on and move them to a better place. And so I don't know. I get motivated by it, as you can tell. I can see it. <laughs> well, as y'all started this pot, your podcast called to shine, tell me about that. I know I know about it, but our listeners might not know what called to shine is or what your heart is and what you are doing with your podcast. Well, it's interesting because it was a couple of years ago, I was at a conference and I had chosen the writing track instead of the speaking track. And I consider myself a speaker, not a writer. I, I have co-authored a couple of books, but because my co-author is very much a writer and she led out in that way. And I thought God had really put on my heart from some webinars that MBS to go had put on about letting your light shine. It's really about taking your strengths and using them to love the people around you and to use seasonal opportunities to do that, to work out of your strengths. And so in this conference, I just had opportunities to meet some publishers, and I had three of them that were interested in my book proposal on letting your light shine. And so I was challenged to write the first three chapters and send it to them. And as I tried to do that, it was a burden. It was not a joy. And as I pondered and prayed and sought the Lord, I realized the topic is correct, but I don't know that this is the venue that will make me shine or that God's called me to, and that He has called me to present it maybe digitally with people, um, Gen Z and millennials that are on Instagram, that are on podcast, that I can take bite-sized chunks and see where they're at and help them love God and love the people around them where, where, right where they are, but not in one big you know, workshop of three hours. Let's do it in a little bit of little steps. So I made a, I made a proposal to our boss. She said, go for it. And so we started the Instagram account and it came down. I love the name called to shine. It was not what we had planned, but it's what we happened upon as all generations poured into what is the motivation. And it's that God has given us a calling to shine like stars in the universe, and that he's told us that he's the light of the world, but then he tells us that we're the light, and to not hide it under that basket, but to put it out for everyone to see. And as we dug into our calling, there are callings to tell people about Jesus, to walk with God. There's also callings to be who God's created you to be. And so when you run fast or wherever you're supposed to run, you feel his pleasure. And it's really come together. And it was about that same time that Jesslyn started pursuing what she was going to do next in a change in ministry. I'll let you tell that part, Jesslyn. For sure. You know, Barbara, it's so true to really think through your strengths and evaluate that God has wired me specifically for a reason. And it actually came during COVID. I, I was doing some ministry and it was going all right, but I, I do not think that I was operating out of my strengths and I hit rock bottom. And it was during that rock bottom time, I just kind of evaluated God's calling and purpose in my life. 
And God reminded me just the gift of being an activator, uh, communication, significance, woo, positivity. And I realized I don't think I was using it on an ongoing basis. And so I asked the Lord and I sought him and I started dreaming about a podcast, had no clue what I was doing or where to begin. And I just knew, okay, I would like to get back to pioneering and ministry in general too. I uh, wanted to reach out to my neighbors. And so I explored Cruise City. I talked to the founder of mbs to go Debbie McGoldrick, and told her my heart to reach my neighbors. And she goes, wow, I think this could be a good fit. And then she goes, is there any other dreams or desires you have? And I thought, well, who asked that? Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. I, I dream of having a podcast, but I have no clue what I'm doing. And she goes, well, funny you mentioned just that. Pam on our team, God has put that on our heart also, and I want to connect the both of you. And so it was so sweet. The Lord would bring Pam in my path and a part of this team. And so I, I feel like I'm getting to do the best of both worlds, getting to pioneer and start Bible studies in the area. Also get on the podcast. And I love it because it's helping to create an environment of contagious enthusiasm for our listeners. Life can be busy and we realize it's hard to feel connected to others. And we hope this podcast would help people feel seen and known and cared for and spurred on. And so we we want to encourage others and I want to spur one another on to love Jesus and to love their neighbor. So it's it's been really fun. With it has been fun. And it's really fun because we're not quite the same age. Um, Jesslyn's a young pup. Um, she she looks young, young. She she is young at heart. And I don't I feel want, it. I want to be young at heart, so I like being around her. It's fun because we're both Red Raiders. We're both from Texas Tech, not at the same time. So we actually have a grounding, even though I think we're kind of opposite personalities. We together come together and once again make one complete person. That's awesome. What a, I mean, that's such an amazing story of just how God put y'all together and how you're both wired so perfectly for what you're doing. I love that. It's so great. I would love to hear, even as you have been doing the podcast, what are some things that you're really, I mean, you've kind of mentioned about trying to help people think about being intentional in their neighborhoods, but even in this season of Christmas, what are some, some good nuggets that y'all are um, talking about on your podcast or encouraging people to do in their neighborhoods? Well, this is such my heartbeat. And so I, sorry, Jesslyn, we've done four episodes on Christmas, but it, it is what it is. It's such an opportunity to give those bite-sized chunks you know, we could do a two-hour one, but I don't think somebody would make it all the way through. So we definitely broke it up into four different sections to really help people give some practical ideas to think through where are you at this season. And as we, as from my first book, went back to the first Christmas to say, hey, how can we make Christmas meaningful and memorable and simple? Like, as women, we have a tendency to get handed a lot of the roles from the decorating to preparing the meal to preparing the gifts to scheduling all the events that special events that are going to happen. And so we've seen from women that they can be overwhelmed and actually not looking forward to Christmas at all. They're thinking, when will it be over? Not how can I take advantage of it? So Jesslyn and I came together and thought through what 
does our audience need to hear? Where are they at? And how can we present some material to them? So as we thought through three categories from the original book of setting apart your family time, of seasoning your surroundings and pointing people to Jesus and savoring the Savior, we thought, you know, the difference is we need to start with savoring the Savior as we go back to the first Christmas. Because if people aren't stopping and sitting at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him and drawing from him, they will have no capacity to make their family time special and to point other people to Christ. And so if you really can only do just one, you have capacity in your strengths and giftings right now, stop and savor the Savior. He, Jerry loves that word, my husband, savor, is that he savors the best bite till last because it tastes best. Well, Jesus tastes good because he is good. And so if we savor him, not just one day on Christmas Day, but all through the season and we marinate on him, it will make our Christmas meaningful and memorable. And as Jessalyn and I brainstormed different ideas, we kept going back to Advent. Is Advent's an opportunity to prepare for his arrival and it's a season. And instead of aiming for that one day of taking bite-sized chunks all through the month of December. I know it's starting December 3rd, but whatever. You can change the days of Advent. We, we are not particular. You you aim at something. So maybe it's, um, for my family, we did 25 prophecies of Jesus. We looked at the Old Testament prophecy of who the coming Messiah was going to be, and we found the New Testament fulfillment of how Jesus fulfilled that. And we read each one a day in December. Now, I also gave them a gift. I prophesied earlier that day, you're going to get a treat. Taught them mm-hmm. what prophecy meant. And then it came true, but I gave them a treat because it was something for them to look forward to. But really, it was an opportunity to stop and remember what we're celebrating and why Jesus is different than any other religious leader, great Sunday school teacher, um, your favorite person, that he is actually God. And the baby hadn't done any miracles on earth, but because of who he was, is that he was worthy for the shepherds, for the wise men, for Anna, for Simeon to come down and and worship him. Mm, wow, that's so beautiful. Like you say, the the gift and the the admonition, like you say, of savoring Jesus, and we can all get so pulled in so many directions. But that that what that is what the season is about: savoring Him. Jesslyn, what about you? Like as if you're a a different season with your kids at home. Like, what does it look like for you as you're doing it yourself, but also encouraging others in redeeming the season of Christmas? Great question, Barbara. Yes, different seasons, but all the more they are teachable and excited. And so for us, how we celebrate Advent is we also partake in MBS to go has a Advent Bible study. And so I'm doing that personally, also with a women's Bible study, and we will look at it as a family. It's a short, sweet Bible study, and it just helps us get in the passages about Jesus's arrival. Uh, We also, you know, that elf on the shelf that everybody gets excited about. We have something different that we discovered, and it's a similar concept that you hide something at night, but basically it's the star, the star that led you know, the shepherds to Jesus and the wise men. And so we hide that star every night. The next morning, the kids will look for it and bring it closer. Well, then you actually leave the star where it is. And then you bring the shepherds over closer to the star. And then the next day you hide it again. And slowly you're getting closer to the manger. 
um, where baby Jesus is at. And so that's one way to kind of get them focused on, on it. I mean, I'll admit in our season, it, it is tough. It's still very much about the gifts. It really is. But one thing we're trying to do this year is kind of focus on blessing another family. And so we're actually going to give of our time. And there is a church locally here that is going to do something called giving hope where there's families that are less fortunate that will get the opportunity to go through a line, get a good meal, receive gifts, different things like that. But it's a chance for us to kind of give back of our time, even if finances are tight for some people. And so it, it puts things into perspective that it, it really isn't just about the gifts, but the gift of Jesus himself and realizing that we are so blessed with what we already have. I think your kids are always going to remember it. I think they're going to go, yeah, we loved our gifts. And they might remember what they got that year, but they're going to remember, remember when we went and took those gifts to that family or help host that thing. I think that's what they'll remember. Jessalyn and I are brainstormed, and we think that even if you don't have money to give much of a gift, um, one, you can make it a spiritually sensitive gift that points to Jesus, even to the hairdresser or to all the little people, to the people in your life. I mean, go ahead, get those candy canes and put the true story of the candy cane of what the legend is, of why it's red and white, why it's a J for Jesus, why it's a shepherd crook, crook for the um, hook for the good shepherd, or give the gift of words, write a sweet note to somebody that's having a challenging season, maybe someone that's lost a loved one, and this will be their first season without them. We have a poem we like to give, My First Christmas in Heaven, but even if you just wrote a note and said, I'm thinking about you, and I miss them too, and I just wanted you to know I'm praying. But then don't forget to pray. As you drive around and look <laughs> at those lights, pray for those families, pray blessings, pray for them to find Jesus if they don't know him and ask God if there's a way that you can point them to him. And as you get each of those Christmas cards, yes, look at them and look at how cute their outfits are and praise them for they got everyone to smile and they actually got in the, the picture, but also pray for the things you don't know behind the scenes that you don't know what's going on and ask God to meet them where they're at and then ask if there's a way that you can join in it as well. We don't have to spend a lot to have a great Christmas, but we can make plans to make it memorable, meaningful prayer um, through words and through the gift of our presence, just being with people. Our favorite, inter my interview that just went live today is on caring for the military, looking around and seeing what military is around you, that someone might be deployed and the rest of the family is having to delay their celebrations for six months. How can you invite them into yours? You don't have to do a lot of extra work. It's just an invitation and maybe cooking a little extra food and maybe it's helped them helping you decorate your tree so that they feel like they're a part of community because they move so often every two to three years that they can usually feel alone and distant and need someone to say, hey, I'm going to invite you in. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going, I don't care if you move in six months, I'm going to take a risk and it's going to end up being a reward because relationships, yes, I care about relationships. They matter and they're one of the things that are eternal and that will go on and on. Mm, that's so good. I know I started listening to your episode this morning. It was so inspiring. And when I was in elementary school, my dad was deployed twice at Christmas time. And wow. um, I think, yeah, just those simple reminders. I mean, I remember the gal that came over and gave me a coloring book, you know, it's just like, wow. I don't remember many gifts I got when I was young, but it's just like, I remember that. And that she um, leaned into it and she saw yeah. you. How was that on your mom? Was that tough for your mom to carry the holiday? 
I'm sure it was. And during one um, time, her her mom actually passed away. So it was it was hard. But I was I was like in fourth and fifth grade. So I it was hard to really understand that. But now looking back about it, I think, wow, that must have been so hard. She probably so. didn't let you know that it was hard. She just, yeah, she, she, she knew to do. Just do it. Move yeah. on. So, well, I think I love all those ideas and just the reminder of just whatever we're good at or making the gifts. I found out my little gift food baggies I got last year on sales. Like, okay, I got to get to work, getting those out to Are people. You cooking? Are you cooking for people? Well, no, it just, I like to make that um, frosty snack mix that's real easy with, um, white chocolate and red and green M&Ms and, and pretzels and all that. It's so easy and it's great to to give to a bunch of people and get okay, I need that recipe. Bags. You're going to have yeah. to give me that recipe. Yeah, it's so easy. And um, anyway, but yeah, I think just the, those touches with people and connecting with people that maybe we don't normally do a whole lot with, but we all remember things when someone reached out to us. So that's so good. Well, I would love um, if y'all could just tell about what, how people could follow what you're doing and about a little more about Neighbors to Go for people that want to know what that is all about. Okay, Miss Wu, go for it. <laughs> no um, well, right now, you know, how it all began is Pam had a desire just to reach the next generation and get on social media. So our Instagram account is kind of where it all began, called to shine. You can follow us on Instagram and find lots of great tips and resources just to help you love God and love others. And then you can follow us on our podcast at called to shine podcast. We also just launched a new website for our ministry, Neighbor Bible Studies to Go. That's a part of our team. And this website has got so many resources. If you have a heart to reach your neighbor or your little, your coworker or your family member or your mailman, anyone down the street, there's so many tips and resources and ideas for how you could prayer walk the neighborhood. Lots of Bible studies for you to choose from, free to download, be able to share with yourself or others. Um, Pam, am I missing anything that else we could share? No, you're you're hitting it. I mean, there's so much more in there as you comb through our refreshed site that is just beautiful. But they definitely are resources, but definitely check out the Bible studies. Jesslyn said that they'll do the Advent study. It's just four weeks. And really what I love about it, why it's really kid-friendly, is that it's looking at the original, the first Christmas, and diving into the passage all week long and asking two questions a day. So this is perfect for kids to be able to interact as a family. And what stands out to them, if they picked one character in the Christmas story that they relate to and that they would want to be, which one would it be? Now, my kids would always pick the animals. I'm like, we didn't read about the animals, but sure, that's a great (laughs) message. It helps us as a whole family get to talk about it. So check out those Bible studies. So many great resources. Well, um, I would love to hear what, what has brought each of you joy lately or put a smile on your face. Hmm. Uh, A a few things, which is great. I'm glad there's lots of joy going around. And Barbara, you're right. When you are operating out of your strengths, the joy that can overflow is just pleasantly surprising. And uh, about Three or four months ago, our church actually had to multiply and go into three services. And so we needed to recruit more people to the greeting team. A greeting team is something that right in my wheelhouse, I get to greet and, and welcome people and encourage them, help them to be seen. 
and they asked me to give a little plug up front to recruit others. And I just, you know, did my thing. I thought I would share something kind of funny and God's heart and vision for what it could look like and how important it is to greet people right away. And just there, that's the front lines is the parking lot for people to come in and experience God. And so I shared and challenged them to prayerfully commit serving with us. And immediately after that, I got overwhelmed by the feedback and I love, I love feeling significant (laughs) and affirmed. And so it just felt like this big old hug from God. I constantly over the next two weeks heard people say specifically, that's you operating out of your gifting. That's your wheelhouse. It's fun Mm. to see God do that. And it was just a five minute plug. That gives me goosebumps. (laughs) I'm still getting joy from it, you know, because I just don't get the chance to be up front on stage as much as I get older and that, you know, God's timing for things, but And then also lately, the podcast, as it's aired, my 11-year-old son, as I take him to kickboxing, he loves to listen to it. And I've noticed he doesn't really love to be hugged in public. We're kind of hitting that stage, you know, don't want to be embarrassed. But he started in the car driving to kickboxing, grabbing my hand to hold my hand as we drive there to listen to my podcast. I'm just overwhelmed. That's so sweet. Yeah, I don't know how long it'll keep lasting, but I am soaking it in and it might not be safe that I'm driving with one hand, but whatever. <laughs> it brings great joy. You're talented. You can do it. I believe in you. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. awesome. What about you, Pam? Well, it's interesting because as I spent 15 years on the road speaking, sometimes at Christmas, 18 times in six weeks, and then didn't have much energy to to actually put on a Christmas that I have taken a break from it for the last five years from speaking. And I've enjoyed pioneering shockingly. Um, it's exhausting. It's not in my gifting, but, of um, at least researching's in my gifting and started kicking off these two things. But this year, God gave me the opportunity in the spring to actually dig into his word, which is my biggest joy. And then coming up with um, retreats and talks that will come to life for other people thinking through where they're at and what their needs are and how they can apply this to their life and coming up with stories. And I got to do two different retreats last spring on wild faith, how to trust God in the midst of not being able to see ahead when you're in hard times and that you know he's good and you know he's sovereign. You don't like where you're at, but to have a wild faith to believe and to trust and to look at the Hebrews 11 hall of faith and see what it was that they did. They believed that's what they did. And so wild faith is when you can't see ahead is believing God, taking him at his word and then waiting for him to work and to show you when you are to work. And I would say that that has been such a joy and then kicked off the podcast, which I feel like that's what I'm trying to do is it's bite-sized chunks of the word, but I'm digging into the word once again and trying to bring it to life to people and to say, what do you have in common with Mary and Joseph? You probably think nothing, but actually, hey, that was a pretty dysfunctional family. An unwed 14-year-old who finds out she's pregnant by immaculate conception, yes, and that Joseph's trying to figure out if he's going to officially divorce her because he was a betrothed and you had to end it by a divorce, and then a baby that was going to either be adopted or not by the stepfather. And so that can't be any more dysfunctional than some of our families today of where we're at of trying to figure out and of learning that as I dig into it, they said yes to God. So how can I say yes to God today? How can I be like them? I do have things in common with them and that God has called me to something and 
so will I say yes to what he's called me to in my giftings and in my capacity and in my season of life? It's all different, but putting that all together. And so the podcast has definitely been a smile to get to take those things and put it in. And then, Barbara, I think you relate to this. My biggest smiles are my two grandkids that I get yes. to take that gifting of being individual, um, individualization, of seeing them, seeing that two-year-old and getting in her, getting on all fours and getting down on the ground and looking at life through her life and just sitting and being with her and asking her questions and enjoying Whatever doll she wants me to undress 40 times, um, <laughs> that, that is a joy to get to empathize and be with her and be connected to her. That's Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. Mm. That makes oh. me smile. Yes, what a gift. So many, so many great moments. Well, thank you both so much for taking time to be with me today on Embrace Your Strengths. I have loved our conversation and hope y'all have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you Barbara. Barbara. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.